Well, then why did you design that app the way you did? Hello, it is me, app designer. <laughs> <laughs> I work very long and hard on programming app. Goes smoothly, works exactly according to plan. So, oh, um... That's so stupid. 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 That's so Hello and welcome to this week's free episode of Trash Future, that podcast you're listening to right now. It's me, Riley, coming at you from the basement in London. I'm here with Milo. Hello, it's me. Nate. Good morning. Hello, here again. And also and from Glasgow, we have Alice. Yes. Alice, how are you doing? Doing well. Not literally in a basement, but in a figurative basement. The basement of Scotland. Yes, in the, <laughs> in the Austrian mine palace. In the, in the, <laughs> truly, the podcast studio is the basement of the soul. And... Mm. We are also joined by Vincent Bevins, uh, who has been a foreign correspondent in South America and Southeast Asia for the last decade, veteran of elections in 15 countries, and author of the book, The Jakarta Method. Vincent, how you doing? Good. How are you? I am very well, thank you. And we are here to discuss, by extraordinarily popular demand, mm. uh, what you have been blowing up our mentions about for the last several days. Yes. When is the I.O.? When is the Iowa episode coming out? <laughs> Why won't you do an Iowa episode? Are you mm. working on the Iowa episode yet? Iowa episode this, Iowa episode that. Yeah, so well, we're finally going to do an entire episode where we talk about nothing but the state of Iowa and its history. <laughs> we <laughs> won't touch on the caucuses at all. Yeah, we'll yeah. Just, yeah. We'll we just, just talk about the Iowa corn. stuff. Yes. This is just yeah. a Slipknot episode and nothing else. <laughs> are they from Iowa? They are yeah. from Iowa, yeah. Oh, They're the hometown heroes mm. of Iowa. Yeah. Mm. If I remember correctly, one of their mm. albums was literally called Iowa. So that could be the episode in its yeah. own right. Just well, play the whole yeah, album. Just, just track by track. Talking. Talking. It'll, it'll, be like, it'll be like Pink Floyd. If you play Iowa at the same time as this episode, it syncs up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All the Absolutely. Bernie voters at the caucus is just wearing like ridiculous masks and costumes. <laughs> the left is being very intimidating with its, t with its Slipknot t-shirts and insane corpse masks. Hell yeah. Um, you know, so here's basically what happened. Um, Bernie Sanders... Uh, won the Iowa caucus. Uh, in the run-up to this, the Democratic Party used an app called Shadow to tabulate the results of the Iowa caucuses. This app was untested, functioned poorly, broke immediately, and gave Mayor Pete room to declare victory, which he then did. And obviously, much doubt has now been mm. cast upon this. Rat though mode. He is Rat modes. Yes. Mm. He went full rat mode. Damn. And an even momentary investigation of Shadow and its parent companies revealed an environment openly hostile to the Sanders campaign, staffed entirely. It's called Shadow. <laughs> I'm still not over the picture of the st of their staff, their team that they released ahead of time, which is just like this collection of wonks with like Hillary still with her stickers on their laptops and stuff. Amazing. You're, you're telling yeah, the, me that was a hostile environment to Bernie. They're, uh, yes, they're, they're wanting to turn the corn subsidies into soy subsidies. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was staffed entirely with people from the Hillary campaign and like with many links to the Pete campaign. Bernie won when all the votes were counted, but this didn't stop every news outlet in the country for calling it for Pete anyway. But that's not what we're focusing on today. No, we have, um, we have, have Vincent here, who is, as I said, a veteran of, uh, of 15 elections. To talk yeah, he's about not won a single one. Suspicious. Yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> to talk about precisely, precisely what, how, how an election, how an election works, how it can be facilitated, what the standards are, and also for us to talk about what I could, I'd like to call the venture capital model of democratic consulting, and 
why Bernie Sanders poses an existential threat to essentially this large and largely fraudulent industry that has grown up around the Democratic Party for the last, I don't know, since Tammany Hall, essentially. Mm. Well, certainly since the Clintons. I mean, I think yeah. this is sort of that iteration Just, of it. Yeah. You send the data out and then you shave it and send it back. <laughs> so basically, part of the... A, a, a hu- there is a huge albatross hanging around the neck of even vaguely progressive politics in America. And it's this Democratic Party consultant nexus where, you know, people like Robbie Mook and John Podesta charge Hillary Clinton's donors millions and millions of dollars in order to tell her that she needs to wear a hat to appeal to suburban moms. I'm sorry, but Robbie Mook is a Sopranos character. I refuse to admit that that's a real person. Surely is, not. That's someone... That's someone who should be working, like, should be busting out Davy Scatino on, like, a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> well, like, I'm, I, uh, first of all, I'm surprised that the Clinton crime family didn't just take Robbie Mook out in the Pine Barrens after she lost. But, like, mm. I, I, the thing is that they're so expensive and they're so shit. Like, the I'm just chilling in Cedar Rapids video probably cost $11 trillion. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how much it costs to chill, though. I don't know how much, yeah, you, how much to drink to chill. You have to get like the like drink koozie and everything. It's very expensive. Yeah, Robbie Mook. They said he was an interior decorator, but his video looked like shit. <laughs> oh my! I mean, I would say also that one of the things that I remember from just sort of from the, reading the postmortems from 2016 is that the 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 Clintons, at least, I'm not 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 uh, emphasizing first that the Clinton crime family is is we're doing irony when we say yeah. that, but they are they parody, are they are really redacted. I mean, they I'm are not. extremely dumb and bad, but I wouldn't necessarily like we're, I said. We're, I wanna, we're I wanna, simultaneously doing irony and not doing and irony. not doing irony. Yeah, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, yes. it's um, that but, thing that we do. Schrodinger's podcast. It, there's there's an, it seems that there's an absolute emphasis placed on loyalty and not on competence, and that I think because of the Clintons having been successful in American politics has filtered through the DNC to the point where like you just have a lot of people who are liked but aren't necessarily good at their jobs. That's mm. my take. Obviously, like happy to be completely wrong because that happens a lot, but <laughs> it does strike me that like you're seeing some of the 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 backwash of that i suppose you sure. could say this is basically an entire party that is now made of backwash <laughs> it is it it is all backwash and we have to get bernie to finally recharge our glass with some new liquid gross uh, but all that's changed is, uh, although is that this nexus of useless grifters like robbie mook and john podesta has evolved with the rest of the economy and and it's now all about giving money to well-connected silicon valley style grifters instead of well-connected McKinsey-style grifters. Well, like, it, Robbie Mook was, like, the bridge for that, though, right? Like, he was mm. the one who was like, oh, we have, we have the algorithm, and the algorithm tells us where to campaign, right? He was, uh, he was like this, but slightly before its time, right? Oh, indeed. And um, so I'm just going to get a little, a little bit of context in, and then we'll, we'll sort of progress from there. So where we, end, where we ended this... Um, where we ended this saga, or at least the, the tech part of this saga, the startup venture part of this saga, was uh, the following, uh, was, was Shadow saying that, number one, Shadow is an independent, for-profit technology company that contracted with the Iowa Democratic Party to build the Iowa Reporter app. Um, and its functions were as, the fo- as follows, as reported by Motherboard. Wait, was it really called Iowa Reporter app? 
uh, your Iowa caucus app. It was very blandly named. They, they could have called sorted, it Shadow. Baby. But you couldn't get it in the, uh, the iTunes store because it didn't meet all of the requirements <laughs> for apps. No. Uh, it, was, like, it's, it, was a very sh- it was very shoddily built. And we'll get it, to it that. Shadow wears Iowa reports app 01final.exe. I just, <laughs> you know, you open it up and it like starts playing chiptune music at you. Yeah, they got Bonsai Buddy to count all of the all the votes. Damn, I love um, getting my Mayor Pete stuff from uh, fucking LimeWire. So, <laughs> not virus. No. Uh, so here are the there are four core functions of this app. So for first, once a precinct chair logs in using a pin code, uh, they're able to read some basic information about how to run a caucus. So it does a Google search for you. Uh, you then enter the total number of attendees. Actually, to be caucus. fair, that's not basic because I think I speak for everyone when I say that no one understands what a fucking caucus is. <laughs> it's like a sort of weird game of musical chairs where you like ruin an election. Yeah, more or less. That is what it is, right? They have to move around. I don't. You have to move, have to move with your body. Basically, you, have yeah. to, you literally show up in a room and they say, "Okay, all of you who want to be with this person." go stand in this line, and they count the numbers in the line. They determine there's a threshold on whether or not those, the candidates are viable based on the people they've gotten. And then you have a second, an option to realign. If your candidate isn't viable, mm. you can opt to not vote again, or you can vote for one of the ones who were declared yeah, viable. It's, so it's basically, mm. it legitimately is like, uh, it's like doing line dancing, except it determines an election. It's, 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 mumbo number five. it's a system of voting so good that it's used only in a few states in the Midwest and the weird cantons of Switzerland where you just like do it every year to stop women from voting. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, everybody marches down to the like town square with a ceremonial halberd or something. Yeah. In Switzerland, the unviable candidates are shot out the front of a clock one by one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also this is this this actually, if we would throw to Vincent here, I mean this is a, a very strange method of choosing a leader, but it absolutely would be um perfectly appropriate to do in, say, Bolivia, for example, right? Yeah, I mean, no, not definitely, certainly not. I mean, a, a lot of the takes that I've seen on the internet in the last few days were sort of like, you know, if this were to happen in South America, the, you know, this would be unacceptable and the U.S. government would send the military or the OAS would stop them. And I think that people are saying that sort of in a provocative or almost sarcastic way. But it is absolutely unheard of to have this kind of an outcome in any kind of a country, whether it is the rich first world or a quote-unquote developing country. I mean, in Bolivia at the end of last year, one of the reasons for the, um, the OAS issuing a report that the Bolivian election needed to be redone was the delay in the votes. This is, you know, um, and I think there's a very good reason why you should not have delays in votes. I mean, I think it was a, a solid criticism to make of that flawed election. Um, of course, it ended up justifying an actual coup, which, you know, led to the deaths of many people that protested and clashed with police. But I mean, People seem to be saying this in the United States as if they think that, oh, well, actually, we all know that, you know, elections are this bad everywhere. But really, really, they're not. This is quite, this is really American exceptionalism uh, at its finest right here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, I'm going to go through the actual functions of this app. The precinct chairs are asked to enter the total number of attendees at a caucus. The precinct chairs then enter the vote totals and how many rounds. Then the app does has internal methodologies to calculate how many delegates each candidate is supposed to be awarded. Uh, the app then sends the, those calculations to a Google Cloud backend. The backend being controlled by this private company, Shadow. Wait, so it just goes mm. into a Google Drive somewhere? 
Yeah, we though. So basically, we run the podcast. It's okay though. They the set permissions way. to can view, but not can edit. All right, like it's yeah. secure. Is that? Is that? I mean, I honestly don't know. Is that how it worked? I mean, was it in yes. an entirely secret server for a while? Mm-hmm. Was it out of? It was in back end. The back end, all the results were in Shadow's control. So and there, if, there was a point at which they could have been modified. And I mean, I'm not claiming mm-hmm. that that could have happened, but I'm saying that even the supposition that it was possible would be a huge problem for most. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. especially if if the initial results are going off of what's been reported through this app or through this system. I mean, uh, uh, there if there was a disconnect, I suppose that they would then have to turn to the sheets. But I guess the problem is is that those tally sheets are just a tally of like a f- of you know, a temporary thing where people are standing in line. It's not like you have ballots that can be secured and counted. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so if there's a discrepancy, you then have to go to the sheet. But if the sheet's incorrect or if there's some discrepancy, I don't know how it gets dis- resolved. Mm-hmm. And it just winds up making people less trustworthy of this. They so, were very safe in the Dropbox folder I normally reserve for my vintage Sasha Gray videos. <laughs> so as it turns God, out, essentially, the, the way to Gray understand... Sasha videos can be vintage now. The, the way to understand <laughs> this is that a bunch of Tuck Fury Hillary deadenders had access to the calculation methodologies and the tabulations for Iowa in such a way that they could, had they chose to do so, uh, potentially have, have fucked the caucus. Uh, however, Kyle... <laughs> Buddy, they won't even let me fuck it. <laughs> however, however, we, we, this uh, Shadow was, oh, is a for-profit technology company that was owned by a non-profit co- um, organization called Acronym. Uh, and this is fucking acronym turtles all the way down. Acronym is also where we have a lot of the sort of former um, high-level Hillary Clinton staffers, for example, working. However, Kyle, all based Th- from the small town of Outer Heaven, Iowa. <laughs> Kyle Tharp, Kyle Tharp, uh, spokesperson. Oh, you for are acronym. kidding me! Come on, <laughs> a company called Shadow, owned by another company called acronym run by a man called Kyle Tharp? No, it's, it was, this is a spokesperson for acronym. Kyle, oh, Tharp. Kyle Tharp. At one point, we've got to put our best players out here. Get Tharp on the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just excellent. There's also a woman in this article mentioned from the Nevada Democratic Party called Jane Klebe. Um, <laughs> like a really shit Bond villain. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Ky- Kyle Tharp and Jane Klebe. Where did, why do people with these names keep being Democrats? What is it about them? I don't know, man. Um, so, uh, Kyle Tharp released a statement on Monday mm. uh, asking you not to make fun of his name and downplaying <laughs> his company's affiliation with Shadow. Acronym is an investor in several for-profit companies across the pro- pro- progressive media and technology sectors. One of those independent for-profit companies is Shadow Inc., which also had other private investors. So we're now going to actually explore this relationship in detail over the next hour, which is kind of like the Congressional Committee meeting in Godfather Part 2. Bunch of portraits going up on under a corkboard called Clinton Crime Family. <laughs> Allegedly. So, parody. <laughs> Allegedly parody, but I don't know. I mean, a, a, a little bit allegedly, but mostly Clinton Crime Family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about the Democratic Party venture donation nexus. So where did and where did this app and technology company actually come from? How did it end up in the in the Android-only phones of some percentage of the Iowa caucus uh, precincts. It's through this weird nexus of, like, democratic battle mages. With, like, they're all doing, like, occult data shit. Essentially, yes. So, damn, Democrat Cummins. I never thought that someone would do worse in the UK, basically letting people regularize their EU citizenship status in the UK by doing it on an Android app that was untested, but they've actually managed to do something even less responsible. They, they've, they've given it to the stonecutters, or in this case, the ancient and mystical society of no burnings. <laughs> so, the f- Higher Ground is one such organization. It is 
a startup incubator specifically for progressive-ish Hillary Dem- Democratic establishment politics. The founders of Higher Ground, Sean McDutta and Betsy Hoover, created Betsy the investment Hoover? firm. Yeah, Betsy Hoover. Uh, fucking hell. Yeah, definitely. This is, a, this is a parade of fucking names. Betsy Hoover uh, created the investment firm to provide financing and a launching pad uh, for new companies serving the Democratic uh, campaigns and progressive organizations. This is specifically to counter stuff like Cambridge Analytica and like the Trump Breitbart nexus of political strategy, while entirely failing to take into account that for right wing billionaires, that's just a good investment with an actual cash return on a good investment. And so they have this entire media think tank NatSec ecosystem behind them manufacturing what's common sense. And we're going to explore a little bit of what Higher Ground, which is one of like the ER organizations for creating this new kind of like shadow industry around the Democratic Party does. So here's Higher Ground slogan, which should, in the context of the rest of his episode in the last few days, be seen as extremely ironic. Here's the slogan. We're in the business of saving democracy. Oh, so set, setting out uh, this door fairly, like, humbly. You gotta, someone's got to save it. What, are you going to not save it? Yeah, <laughs> you have to save it. And look, pen and paper was the problem. I, I the just problem think, was we didn't have enough apps. I just think it was weird that on the letterhead, they put their mission as we are going to turn Iowa into a failed state. I, like, how, in all seriousness, like, how are all of these companies and groups so fucking insufferable? First of all, a company called Shadow, which is like, why the fuck? Then a company called Acronym, which is like almost like they're making a joke about how insufferable tech company names are, but by coming up with a tech company name that's even more insufferable somehow by being called Acronym, but not actually being an acronym. And then this fucking shit. Oh, we're called Higher Ground because we're about taking the high ground. And our mission is to save democracy. Oh, what have we done? We've built an app that ruins democracy. It's it's literally just three different variations on the truck marked Flowers by Irene. Like, every one mm. of these is named, like, coincidentally, fucking Air America Enterprises or something. <laughs> um, is there no, I'm curious, I mean, because I don't know if it's actually suspicious or not, but what, is there an uh, official explanation for why it's called Shadow? Is there, like, do they say, oh, because cool. we're going we're to nope. be invisible, we're going to be seamless, is there a reason, or we don't know? We don't know. Okay. Um, so, uh... The, the, and the, the, fir- the higher ground, we're starting at the very top, which is donors who run startup incubators for, like, to receive all, the, all, these, all, these, all this funding. So higher ground has a, had a started with $15 million committed from different investors, including Reed Hoffman, the co-founder of LinkedIn, whose main um, political idea, which we discussed on like the third episode of this mm. show, actually. Also, another name, just incidentally. Was, mm. was making billboards that you could vote on. His new political party that was going to be the alternative to the Democrats and the Republicans was going to have policies that you could vote on and billboards also that you could vote on. Isn't he a weird libertarian his... guy, too? I mean, aside from the voting billboards thing. Wait, how do you vote on a billboard? I don't well, understand. You vote, you vote for what a billboard will be, and that's how that party's policy gets decided. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So why not just vote directly for the policy? Why does the well, billboard no, come in at all? You vote for the billboard, and You're then helping the party pick the advertising for the for the... For the for the yeah. party. Oh, Sorry. I see. So, what routes, if you did yeah. like a really awesome billboard for like a really bad policy, well, like a meta AF billboard, but it's like you know, bring back the death penalty. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's America, so you can't really bring back. Yeah, yeah. you can't bring well, it back. No, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm also, speaking hypothetically, here. other other investors, uh, or not investors, but donors, donors, stroke investors. What the Democratic Party has done, indeed, is, they do, is blurred the line. Um, 
Uh, so uh, the the founder of uh, Ron Conway, an early back of Google, Facebook, and so on <laughs> and so on. Hell. Chris Saka, an early investor in Uber, Chris and Elizabeth who? Cutler. Chris Saka, an early investor in Uber, and more importantly, Elizabeth Cutler, the founder of SoulCycle. Um, That's oh, don't tell me SoulCycle are caught up in this. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> Come on, Pete, you're almost there. Don't slack off now. Uh, oh my! So a few of the companies they have funded are as follows: uh, FactBase or Factba.se. Yeah, the Swedish website, Factba. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is called a... And by the way, this is for saving democracy. So, uh, Vincent, take take some notes if you want to save democracy. I don't see yeah, what's I'm wrong trying to save it as soon as possible. It's one of my favorite websites. What is it with obvious CIA fronts funding stuff called The Base? <laughs> mm. So, FactBase is a transparency engine allowing any PAC campaign, organization, or company to efficiently track and search every word a person has ever said publicly or, or online in real time. That's that's just Twitter search. They've they've just this, automated Loki Nash. <laughs> <laughs> this lets you immediately identify discrepancies, changes in position, tonal shifts, and areas of weakness. Every word spoken by your opponent makes your campaign stronger and the opponent weaker. Robo Nash. <laughs> Fucking hell. I mean, but this just to this. Was this used? What is it? Uh, it was fund. It was certainly funded by them. Okay. I'm just laughing because I'm thinking about you thinking you can turn this incredible arsenal on somebody like Roger Stone, and you got to look at his Twitter history. It's just him adding Ryan's Priebus with Rint's penis over and over again a hundred times. <laughs> oh, yeah. did, did you did you see the woman who got like a printout of her tweets that got vetted by an employer? And it was yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like this sheaf, this miracle on Thirty Fourth Street sack of documents of every tweet she had ever done, including like the word "ass." <laughs> if she liked the tweet that used the word "ass," it came yeah. out as flag flagged as problematic. Yeah. yeah, this is also like the most Mayor Pete shit ever, right? I mean, yes. I know Mayor Pete himself didn't come up with this, but it's like it's incredibly Mayor Pete because it's like. Uh, oh, uh, everything your opponent says is a weakness because it just gives more data with which to gotcha them. It's like the ultimate presidential candidate is someone who stands for nothing and has never said anything in his entire life. Just like Mayor Pete. <laughs> like this kind of like, oh, I'm just I'm just standing here being a being a boy, I'm, standing in front of a lecturer and asking them to love him. I'm just a I'm just I may just be a simple country idiot, but I'm here to, I'm mm. a simple country CIA officer, but <laughs> I'm here to run the country. Yeah. Um, <laughs> watch me kiss this dude braces. awkwardly. Can I can I just interrupt to say that, that I feel like there's there's a hilarious sort of uh, trick being played here with regard to Mayor Pete trying to voice himself as this uh, as this like country everyman. I'm not like like redneck, but you know what I mean. Like sort of like I'm from Middle America when I'm mean, from Indiana, and and South Bend is a college town. His parents were both tenured professors at Notre Dame. Like he just describing himself as sort of being like this red state everyman is such it's such an obvious dupe, and it's just like. It's killing me because, I mean, if you don't know anything about the state of Indiana, then you feel like, oh, it's a red state. Like, Mike mm. Pence is from there. Clearly, everyone must be like that. But like Notre Dame's a really good school and a really expensive school to go to. And mm. like his parents were extremely well compensated. Mm. So. But, uh, but, and that's the kind of thing that you could use fact base to highlight and then, you know, beat your opponent by pointing out their hypocrisies. Yes. Call the hall monitor the way that you win an election. Yes, so they funded uh, yeah a, 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 an app that automates calling the manager, but also Loki Nash. They Finally, proving Mayor P's privileged background by finding a picture of him with the hunchback. They also they also funded an app called Same Side, which is a platform to activate supporters who are quote already doing cool things in music, art, and culture. Activate how? Like in the, the fucking <laughs> the porn movies? Candidate yeah. You just get like <laughs> yeah. a thing on your phone that tells you to go pick up a sniper rifle? <laughs> yeah, if, if, you, if you have like a beat poetry night in, you know, mm -hmm. downtown Dubuque, 
Yeah. Then yeah, you get uh, Wait, what you is this, activated. What does this push notification say? Big Big Ben Bing Bong Brexit <laughs> Ding Dong must kill president. <laughs> um, and then Avalanche strategy, which creates resonant communications leveraged on advances in cognitive science that inspire action in support of progressive candidates, causes, and companies. Okay, now it's Metal Gear Solid again. Advances Love the in strategy science. of an avalanche. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. But um, That's how Nicholas Soames has sex, am I right? <laughs> but, but one of the, just to, to sum up, like, higher ground, they seem to be a company that wants, a, a company, a non-profit incubator that wants to counter the influence of like Cambridge Analytica, Breitbart, Fox News, and so on and so on by doing, by just giving money to the most paltry, obviously faulty, either in conception or vague in, in execution companies to have ever existed. By the which, by the way, which also already also offer their services to private companies. It's is different. there any point in their literature where it says really, really big disrupting democracy? Is that because they have to use that language at all because it's like it is the one thing that you do not need to innovate around right like you just yeah. get everybody to vote you count up the votes and then the winner wins right you don't need to have mm. yeah sort of just, no, they're, they're saving hey, democracy what, what, not disrupting what's up, it gang we're saving democracy as we pull up in our big saving democracy van and the back door flies open and Salvador Allende's corpse rolls out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just going to extraordinarily render every Bernie delegate from all of the uh, caucus sites <laughs> Mohammed um, um, Mossadegh alive in Serbia and developing so, apps. But here's the thing: a lot of these are advocacy platforms or campaigning platforms. They're not simply sort of. They're not providing like um, just like a caucus infrastructure. So that's where we get to the last one: ground base, or the last one I'm talking about: ground base. Ground base is an opinionated technology platform for organizers, activists, and advocates to organize their voters, volunteers, and donors. The core platform is a CRM, what? which is just a customer records management, uh, armed with organizing tools and an API that connects to other platforms. So basically, that's a very fancy way of saying it's a spreadsheet that has connections to other databases in it. That you can connect to other databases. It's, it's a that's Slack. It. It's a Hamilton it's Slack for epic Hillary <laughs> memes. Uh, but it was... It, it, and, and Groundbase was basically a texting platform that was criticized as slow, cumbersome, difficult to use, and ultimately failed even after it got its $100,000 in funding from higher ground. So, so it's, it's trace, an epic Hamilton clapback meme stash that doesn't work. Mm. What people needed Correct. was another way to text, because you can't text now. You, you so know what, what this what, is? You know what this is? They paid however many million dollars for the bit in that video where Kelly Rowland is texting in Excel. <laughs> so, if you just want to sort of follow this just now, we have the investment initially made by a bunch of Democratic donors that would mm -hmm. ordinarily be made to the DNC or similar like PACs, which would then go to consultants who would make like TV ads and then put them out on TV. Right? That that money is now being channeled, and you know those idiots that that shit didn't work either. But that now this money is being channeled through things like Higher Ground Labs. So we followed a little bit of that money to Shadow to Groundbase rather. And now Groundbase is going to jump ship to another similar organization called Acronym, which we'll now explore. So Acronym was actually, before we do that, um, because this is where we get into caucus technology. Uh, Vincent, earlier we were talking about how democracy doesn't need, essentially doesn't need an app, like pen and paper is more or less fine. Right. Yeah, I mean, like I was saying, it's, it's very simple what you do. I mean, so in all the elections I've ever been in, which is a lot of them, um, what you do is there's a very simple, transparent way that every single person in the country votes and it's, it's entirely universal. And then you get all the results 
in two or three hours. And everyone in the whole world, there's like, there is sort of best practice for democracy. And the one country that doesn't do this out of some combination of sort of believing in our own bullshit or sort of it ends up serving the powers that be, whatever explanation you want to have for it, is the United States. And when the rest of the world watches this, and I'm not talking, you know, just in, you know, Western Europe where things are sort of well organized, this is just, it's, it's insane the way that it looks to a lot of my people, um, my friends in South America or Asia. I mean, it just, it makes the United States look really bad. It doesn't, I mean, there's already a lot of doubts as to the legitimacy of the U.S. system worldwide. I mean, I think arguably it's uh, in a very fragile state right now. But this kind of thing does real amounts of damage because like I was saying, you really, all you have to do is get everyone to vote the same way and then count it. Um, it, you don't need to disrupt this technology. I was just thinking about this from the perspective of having voted in the US and then voted here in the UK. Like, it's shocking how much better run it is here. And it's like, I've, I voted in enough states where I remember some states where I had to wait in line for nearly an hour, like in Alaska for early voting. And then places mm -hmm. like North Carolina where there was almost no, no, no line, but it was voting into a machine that then it had a printout at least. But yeah. if, I'm, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, there are some states in America where there is no printout. It's no, we have, it's state by mm -hmm. state. So yeah, different exactly. states have different technologies, which was the entire issue with the 2000 election. And in the 2000 yeah. election in Florida, you actually had to push through the piece of paper. And yeah, then yeah. they had a court uh, fight as to how to count differing levels of paper pushing. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, we've done, you know, I did elections in Brazil loads of times. I did elections in Venezuela under Hugo Chavez. Or, you know, every voting station had international observers and everybody could say, oh yeah, that's, you know, you vote in the machine and mm -hmm. then it comes out the paper and then they count it all and yeah. you do a spot count of the paper. You compare it to the electronic tally. And if there's any discrepancy, which there never is, then you do it again. But in the United States, obviously we have this, you know, piece of paper that was written 5,000 years ago that is, you know, more valuable than viable. Yeah. Um, you know, our constitution is like, and everything we've ever done in the United States can never be questioned if it's been done for 20 or 30 years. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's, you just, it, you don't need to change these technologies. But the thing is that, you know, doing it with pen and paper isn't cool. Whereas if you have like an app, then like a guy who's called like, you know, uh, Trent, Trent Meyer from San Francisco can come in on a skateboard and can say like, what if this election was, you know, modern? It's true. Uh -huh. pen, pen, I mean, pencil and paper does not empower the Kyle Tharps of this world very much. Like no. for, for our American listeners, we'll just put it into perspective. I registering to vote in the UK, I was able to do it over email and just submit the information I need to to register, get on the electoral register. And then I showed up at the polling station. They confirmed my name on the register. I got handed a piece of paper and a pen, and I made an X in a box next to the party I wanted to vote for, and then put it in a box that then got sealed later when they had the full thing. And look and how that, that it. turned out. I mean, don't get me wrong. The result <laughs> fucking sucked, but that was, th that was so much easier than anything. I mean, voting in New York, you literally have to go into a thing where you have like a Scantron form. And then they have to put it into a machine and have it scanned for you. And at every step, there's a, a machine that could break and someone could go wrong. And there are always cues. Whereas I, I just didn't have that experience here. So, going, so, but the thing is, yes, all of, the, all of this may be true. We may be able to vote effectively with pens and papers. But if you have Democrat brain, then mm. when Kyle Tharp comes in and says, hey, I've got this mostly broken spreadsheet that basically doesn't work and got like $100,000 of donor money dumped onto it. The worst app is better than the best organized pen and paper system. And they're willing to spend enormous amounts of money on it. And so, there'll be zero fallout from when things completely shit the bed, so, like what just happened. So Acronym was founded in 2017 by Tara McGowan. And as we'll see, it exists as kind of a similar vehicle to higher ground. Mm -hmm. But rather than funding lots of product, new products, what it does is it is it purchases and then is a non-profit umbrella 
that sits over lots of for-profit tech companies and consulting firms. This sounds like a fucking scam. Mm. Why does a non-profit company own a bunch of for-profit companies? That's actually, it's, there is actually a particular rule um, where the, 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 the tech companies, in order to try to be viable, uh, in, to be viable between election cycles, have to be able to make a profit. Now, I agree this is obviously crooked, but mm. like there is there is a reason yeah. to do it's, it. It's, However, it's crooked in a recognized sort of loophole way. Yeah. It's just it's this is, I imagine, also going to be extremely crooked on top of that. Allegedly. Oh yeah, it's alleged it's allegedly mm. very crooked all the way down. So yeah. late last year, Acronym unveiled a plan to spend seventy five million dollars on digital advertising to counter Donald Trump's advantage in early battleground states and months earlier uh, than that. It also quietly invested like a million dollars in Groundbase, the tech firm that then renamed itself Shadow. Oh, well, they were going to start a huge like Groundbase group chat where the avatar was a dick and it was going to be called like President Liar <laughs> and Gibbo was going to give everyone the inside track on yeah. how Donald Trump was a big naughty boy. Is it worse if it's like if you're just doing this as a scam or if you look at an Excel spreadsheet that uses 18 gigabytes of memory because it's full of epic Hamilton GIFs and go, here is a million dollars. Uh, do more of this. God, I hate Hamilton. Just every time the name of that musical comes up, I just get triggering memories of the time I was forced to watch it. Oh, Did no. you watch it? Oh, yeah. Here. Yeah, here. And it, everyone there was American, which is hilarious. Like, we've left America to go and watch a musical about how great America is and no problems here in a different country for some reason. I mean, nothing could be more American than that, to be honest. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think most True. musicals actually learn it's all Americans there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, wait, is, is virus <laughs> just ground-based, but with yeah. more memes? Well, sort of. So Groundbase, Shadow and Groundbase are technology companies that developed apps. Groundbase's main technology was this was this um Sounds texting like a garden platform. center in fucking Derbyshire. But equally, what you also buy when you buy a technology company is the is like the, the team. Mm. Um and so they have Oh yeah, the <laughs> epic soy good face guys that. we saw. Yeah, all those epic <laughs> soy face guys also would have come on, but also you get mm. like all their IP. It's just in this case the IP sucked. Uh, so the report, the caucus app itself, again, this has been reported, was largely built on the basis of tutorials um, and was and it solely existed as a way to enter information onto a form and then have that information calculated into delegates and put onto a back end. Um, so but, they basically could have done it using Google Sheets and had a pre-filled sheet, but yes. they spent so, 70 grand on well, an app. I think I, they I'm, did it using phones for like 100 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. You're going to get 32 and you write it down. I, I, if I, I'm I, not mistaken, there was a guy who legitimately, because the app wasn't working, sent his people to drive to the Democratic Party headquarters in, in I guess, in Iowa City or in uh, Des Moines, and they were turned away at the door yeah, because yeah, they're yeah. like, no, 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 Can't we're using an app. I, I'm going yeah, to try to... That's just to... Dennis from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia trying to make the Uber. <laughs> In, in the St. Patrick's Day season. No, you're not having the experience I want for you. I, I'm going to try to explain this in gamer terms, since we're going with Metal Gear Solid for this. This makes ground-based the Shagohod and the Iowa Reporter app Metal Gear. <laughs> I, I think mm. this ground... No, it says um, ground-based... I guess, no, Reed Hoffman is the Patriot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then Tara McGowan is Big Boss. Uh, okay, so, sure. So who is Tara McGowan? She was a former Obama campaign aide, married to a senior strategist in the Buttigieg campaign, and ran the Hillary super PAC called Priorities USA during the 2016 White House campaign. She's basically as close to near a Tandon as you're able to get 
while not being near attended. God, do you remember um, that tweet that was like, there's no such thing as the Democratic Party establishment? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, she's the acronym establishment. These things are, quotation marks, extending around the world, different. Mm. Um, and also the vast majority of the staff at Acronym and, a- and Shadow, which, by the way, shared an office. So all of the talking about, oh, we're distant, right? Just invest in them. It's like, no, they're the, they're the same. And we'll get to how they're the same. Are also like staffers from Hillary's 2016, Hillary's 2016 campaign. Mm. So um, despite McGowan's urgency uh, on spending all this money to counter Trump, uh, how much do you think she spent of the $75 million uh, to counter his advantage in early battleground well, You states. said it earlier before we started recording, so now the question is, did people listen? Yes. Did, I, did, I wasn't listening to anything you, you remember? said so far what, today. What do you think it was? Uh, I don't know. Not, not all of it, right? No, certain, certainly, certainly not. not yeah. Uh, one, specifically, one order of magnitude less. It was $781,000 on Facebook and Google ads. In fact, that's two orders of magnitude less. <laughs> Maybe the other $74 million was just on, like, Christian Mingle. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mm. It was all just that it's just the Muslim singles.com. Yeah. So that is then a presumably still in some bank account somewhere they can use for other. Well, but the thing stuff. is, you, it's very hard to audit or these de- complicated webs of organizations. We just don't know. You know, we know who, who might have donated to them directly. You can see kind of what their ad buy is, but you don't know all the money they have access to, who so they can spend the, it on the, behalf. That of. is the unironic bit of the Clinton crime family thing is yeah. that it is, it works very similarly to a racketeering. Uh, or corrupt organization. We can't see where any of this stuff goes. Wait, hang on. So this is this is basically Barone democratization. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from a profile in Aussie that I dug up from a couple of years ago. Aussie being this company that threw the Aussie festival uh, where they had like... Oh, uh, well, I remember. No, they had, where they had like Common speak with Hillary Clinton about how like, you know, apps were the future of blockchain and that's democracy or whatever. Are you so, going to be the president of the fucking future? <laughs> Acronym is a not. This is from from Ozzy. Acronym is a nonprofit, but it has a web of for-profit companies beneath it. A campaign consulting firm uh, owned by McGowan called Lockwood Strategy. A political tech company with a peer-to-peer texting product, Shadow. Oops, oops. Looks like it wasn't that dissociated. <laughs> looks like it was pretty much in a command and control relationship until <laughs> last week. Mm. Um, and a media company investing heavily in local left-leaning outlets called. FWIW Media. So that's where the other $75 million oh, went. Fuck. It was just on one cat banner ads. Oh Wait. no, there's more. Like for what it's worth as the acronym? Yes. Oh. Yeah. It also has an apparel arm called Rogue Swag. <laughs> no fucking <laughs> way. I like swag. Come on, you guys don't like swag? These new Star Wars films just keep getting worse and worse. <laughs> and I- it's supposed to be the like centrist answer like the like the Nancy Pelosi clapback to conservative Blue Lives Matter T-shirt companies. Oh god, so it's like grunt style, but like uh, epic Hillary stuff. You so, don't need to clap back those T-shirt companies; they already suck. I love, I <laughs> Just love to get my suck. fucking soy face loot box in the mail once a month. So I, I've actually maybe we can have this as the episode art. Uh, their T-shirt that they that they were selling. I'll bring it up on screen bring, for bring the benefit of us screen. in the studio. It is a red oh. shirt. It looks 
I, uh, completely the same as a Donald Trump shirt that says make, make presidents great again. But if you were to see this mm. on the street, you would just assume that person's a Trump supporter. <laughs> it's just that they just yeah. are selling. You have to get very, very close to realize uh, that it yeah. is a bad, ironic take on a assume, horrible shirt. I would assume they're a fan of uh, the presidents of the USA yeah. as <laughs> largely forgotten grunge band. Oh, no, I never forgot for one day. What do you, what do you say? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. appreciate that. Thank, yeah. I see you. I value you. <laughs> Thank you. We're here. <laughs> we got Peaches. What's, what's the other one? Oh, yeah, Peaches. That's the only Lama, one I know. Lama, Lama. <laughs> We got peaches. Um, yeah. We got lump. We got <laughs> lumps and peaches, like two tracks off a of Fergie album. <laughs> <laughs> the the tweet that accompanied the uh, the ad for make the make presidents great again shirt again the almost unambiguously pro Trump shirt that they made because they're too they they Ivy League institutions have tricked these people into thinking that they're clever mm. and <laughs> this is so the fallout from that it says we're done with the chaos four is enough of Donald Trump suggesting that four was fine. But that's enough now. Mm. Um, and this is make presidents great again and amazing. I was like, when were presidents so great? Like, what? What is this shit? Like, uh, what? Are, like, Jebediah Bartlett. Like, the, yeah. Like, what <laughs> the fuck? Like, oh, I remember when we had Kennedy, who was like just fucking all the time. Like, what is yeah. that? I mean, I think what, I think, I think the answer is, is you. You saw Hamilton. Like, there's this weird idea of uh, like as soon as somebody's no longer president, they enter into like the nostalgia hole. And it, whether it's Republicans were like literally for a young Republican convention, they had to when they had people introduce themselves and introduce their favorite uh, conservative politician. They had to stipulate you can't say Ronald Reagan because everyone will say that and no one would have any other ideas. Same sort mm -hmm. of thing with Democratic presidents. It just feels like there's an extent to which the, answer, the, the kind of liberal answer to Trump is to say the institution is so great. He's sullied it as opposed to like looking at what American well, that's presidents the Biden campaign, done. isn't it? I mean, it's, yeah, yeah you know, absolutely. You can turn back the clock to a time that didn't really exist. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. don't think about it too hard. Just vote. Uh, and, and even even to mm. like you have but you also have to willfully deny reality when you encounter Joe Biden himself. You have to you have to vote for the image of Wait, Joe Biden. What, what yeah, what you, you vote for about? the memory you, of him standing on stage with Barack. Yeah, I mean, I don't yeah, and yeah. I don't think that is. You know that could work. I mean, it was—it yeah. looked like it was working I for was a long say, time. The polling looked like it was going to work for mm. the longest time. Yeah, mm -hmm. but then, I, I also love that. By the way, the five thirty-eight official polling, like the, uh, their estimates of the likelihood of who was going to be president, were like, yeah, putting Biden up in front until the second some votes started to come in, and then there was just an enormous reversal, making all of their predictions mm. look completely mm. stupid. Did, did you Looks see, like see that poll guy? Been making some problems down at the app, Jack. <laughs> So, that, that poll uh, guy said, I think somewhat ironically, not that that makes a difference, that the needle hasn't failed. We've only failed the needle. Oh, yeah, Nate Cohen, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't oh, fail oh, the needle. That, that's the most heroin <laughs> addict <laughs> phrase I've ever heard. Courier Newsroom was another one of the, um, uh, of the companies in the acronym umbrella, and it says its mission was to generate left-leaning, quote-unquote, political news content that then pays to have that content placed in favorably in people's Facebook feeds. And the news sites created by Courier are made to look like non-biased news sources to a casual observer. They were essence, actually doing fake news. But like pro-Hillary fake news? I, or like pro-like, I don't know, like Mayor mm. Pete fake news? I think just by like, definition it can't be fake if it's for a certain like, yeah. a certain uh, like strata of uh, like ideas. Anything that you say in favor of them can, by definition yeah. can't mm. be fake. Like the Washington Post can't do fake news, New York Times can't mm. do fake yeah. news. Fake news can only it, exist. It, it wouldn't even they make the news real. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it would be right. like an imitation version of those. Like you would get your same content as the Washington Post, but it would be from like, uh, like I don't know the the Acela Corridor extremely independent news. <laughs> and but also remember, like the whole Democratic Party, the DNC establishment thing was 
haughtily saying, they go low, we go high. Well, in this case, they appear to have like a plan to spend $25 million of just someone's money to try to make the like fake news version of the Rod and Todd press from the Flanders. <laughs> they're too stupid to be evil, yeah. but that doesn't mean yeah. that they can't try to I be mean, both. I mean, I'm not against going low if it works. And this absolutely <laughs> didn't. Um, so here's the thing. The complex structure means this is um, from this is from uh, uh, Aussie still. The complex structure means that acronym is able to raise money, invest in for-profit companies to advance progressive aims, then return profits back to its mission. Tara McGowan said, people don't understand why I'm creating a model that I can't get rich off of because I don't own the companies acronym does. And that's a huge threat to political consultants bank accounts. However, her, her digital consulting company, Lockwood Strategy, uh, this is back to this is another source now, received a million dollars in payments from Acronym's PAC during fall 2018. Oh, so it is a scam. Yeah. Okay, now we've gotten to just, how it's just, a scam. Just be okay, paying good. yourself. Yeah. 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 For a I don't take any dividends. Buy. I just pay myself a huge fucking salary via it's my consulting company. It's, it's yeah. 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 The, the, me the memo it's field different. on this check just says vibes. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I want to go back to what she said. That's a huge threat to political consultants' bank accounts because it's true. It is because she's replacing one class of political consultant, the Robbie Mooks, the you know wear this hat to appeal to wine moms in Duluth, with a different type of political consultant who looks and acts like a startup person, but it doesn't have even the basic like skill with JavaScript that a startup person might do. Do you know what's really a threat to political consultants' bank accounts? <laughs> Why are they all so fucking worried? <laughs> Hell yeah. Eating pussy. <laughs> so, uh, so basically, let's, let's trace this money again. Shadow, we start with $15 million from Reed Hoffman. Shadow then receives 100000 of that money to, in order to become mm -hmm. uh, a ground base in order gets, to make an app. It gets fucking SoulCycle money indirectly. Yeah. So SoulCycle mm. gives money to higher ground to allocate to startups. One of the startups is 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 Groundbase. Groundbase fails, but then is bought for a million dollars by Acronym, uh, uh. and then and then Acronym then uses that as one of its things that as a as a service that it can basically release mm. out to campaigns mainly, including the Buttigieg campaign, by the way, um, campaigns in order to like do digital services for them but it's just mm. everything about it is so low quality that it feels like one of these scams where you're buying a hi-fi set out of like the back of a van under a bridge and the box is just filled with sand mm. and it is a and it is a money go round right because if anyone is spending hundreds of dollars on soul cycle classes it's the fucking simps who work at these startups <laughs> and campaigns you, you know what this has the energy of the energy of an ancient like decade old tweet that was a guy who went to Walmart to buy a router, like a like a, a modem, and opened it up and found it had contained a bag of dirt with the word "puto" written on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was good. That's what he was. That's not what he. Yeah. <laughs> so the basically, I think the thing to point out here is that the right builds products that work. Like Cambridge Analytica wasn't dark magic or mind control. It was just an effective online advertising and targeting tool. Whereas the Democratic Party are losers who just channel donor money into the pockets of their friends, and they give us nothing that works. Yes. They give us things that, well, no, at, in at, a way, best, they, at best, what they do, and we're going to sort of explore this a little bit now, is they create black boxes that allow them to put their thumb on the scale of any election that they may want to, should they so choose. Or at least create the impression that they could if they wanted to. Mm. 
whether exactly. or not they could do that competently, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It still seems like it diminishes trust. But it's but it's I, all cosplay. It's all theater is the thing. You you can do all of that, but you like get to like dress up as this fucking startup magician. Uh like that's incredible to me that you just um, you know get to be very disruptive and move first and break things and wear the you know the turtleneck and everything and like all it is is vibes. Y- you may as well just be like doing like sigils and like candles and shit. So what we have here is we have a money go round that is se- certainly self sustaining and is not going anywhere because it's so entrenched and we see that the money go round is built to keep all of these terrible technologies spinning. So, Vincent, I'm going to throw back to you. How, in what ways does this erode trust, and how can we compare this with other systems around the world? Well, the thing about the Iowa caucus um, specifically, and I'm not, you know, I don't cover U.S. elections really carefully, but one thing that we all know about the Iowa caucus is you don't actually win power from the Iowa caucus, right? What you win is some time in the media. You win, quote-unquote, momentum. You get to shape um, uh, electability narratives that get, you know, reproduced in the media. So when they didn't say who won in the first couple hours after it ended, they essentially canceled the Iowa caucus, right? And so what that means is that thousands of people that went to Iowa, that spent weeks walking through the cold, trying to get people to vote, you know, 10 more people, 15 more people to vote for Bernie or Pete or, or Warren or whoever it was, all of that just kind of got wiped away because they either threw malice or incompetence or just, you know, the chaos of the world. Um, it all just didn't matter anymore. And that's extremely demoralizing for people that do it. People that are, I mean, imagine being sort of a 19 year old American doomer or zoomer. And, you know, older people are saying, well, you got to vote. It's going to make a difference. And you watch these people run around the country and then it all just gets wiped out. Right. And, and that's what I'm hearing from sort of my younger cousins in, in California, but from people in South America that I'm friends with, they're just sort of gleefully laughing at the United States and being like, well, that's praxis. No, that's, I mean, I mean, I, 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 one friend of mine, I like, I translated the tweet. It was originally in Portuguese. It was going viral. And I think the tweet was something like, you know, I don't like to see um, the left being destroyed by dark plots in the United States that end up un- un- destroying democracy in the first place. But it is historic reparations for what they've done to us, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And like, and that's not like, again, that's, that's not something that's just like someone on the far left in, in South America would say. It's just like sort of well known that that's the kind of stuff that we've done around the world. And it's also well known that our system is sort of teetering on the edge. Everybody knows that Donald Trump lost by three, three million popular votes and nobody really understands exactly why he's a president. They all understand that it's very strange. And like going back to Bolivia, the reason that I think that the OAS was right to say that Bolivia made a big mistake by halting temporarily the publication of the results, even though it ended up justifying a coup, which was totally... Um, unacceptable it is right to criticize that because if you have if you allow any space for people to believe that this is um that the, that the system is corrupt that it doesn't work that somebody's cheating against them whether it's true or not the whole legitimacy falls apart and everybody you know as we all know there is no difference between perceived legitimacy of democracy and the legitimacy itself right so if if you cannot if people do not know for sure that their vote will count right away in the way that they know that it will the system falls apart very very quickly and when systems like that fall apart, the winner is never the guy that has the people on his side. It's the people with institutional power that don't need the people on their side. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's a reason that sort of, quote unquote, destabilization of countries in um, the global south, and this is what a lot of my, uh, uh, the book is about that I just finished. There's a reason they can just kind of willy nilly just fuck over a country, not really knowing how it's going to work, because they know that when you screw with Chile in the 70s, and you brought up Allende a second ago, 
um, it's always going to help the people with material power and hurt the people that only have the people on their side, right? And so when you fuck with the very, very fragile legitimacy of a democratic system, it's can the 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 slope is very steep, and then who ends up winning is the people that are already in power in the first mm. place, and and the which people is who why, end up losing are, are the zoomers. Yeah, the people that you know could maybe think about trying to vote because they know that the planet's going to you know be gone pretty soon, and they want healthcare, but then they say, well, it's not really going to going to work. And there's you know that's another reason that you know whether or not there is a sort of conspiratorial effort to undermine this this thing. When it happens over and over and over again, even if it's on accident, you know that they would change it if it was hurting their interests, right? You know that people in power don't let systems fall apart um, when they know that it will hurt them, right? They, it, it tends to happen when they know that on balance, they'll be fine. The people that will be hurt are the people that all they have is the people walking through the, uh, the streets of, uh, you know, the snow of Iowa, whether for mm. Bernie or Biden. I mean, although I think Biden and many people, but Pete or, you know, know. Zimmer framing through the snow of <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> for, for what it's yeah, worth, I did manage to, uh, I'm very proud of this, do an extremely irony podcaster thing uh, by helping Central Iowa DSA get uh, an order of Lenin that they're going to give to the, the volunteers who organized <laughs> that poultry plant. Uh, I, I have been promised that they are going to deliver this medal to them. So who gives out who gives out the order of Lenin uh, now? Uh, e you, e you yeah, apparently. E eBay, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like UK. Lenin would have wanted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think he would have been against you know. Um, so I think, but I think that leads us very nicely into like into the into asking questions about the whole. There is this immediately. The official narrative was after this was don't. Pl don't imagine a conspiracy where there could just be a mistake and i think that's a completely false choice first of all i think that you know like and one of the reasons i, I sort of argue that is that like, apps generally speaking are obfuscatory mechanisms they always hide something they're a black box and you put something in and then the app spits something back out so uber for example you put coordinates in and a car journey gets spat back out facebook you put your data in and ads get spat back out the Iowa caucus app put votes in and spits delegates back out in a certain order. Yes, it breaks a lot and so on, but there's the black box. And that black box was in the, was in the control of people who had the motive and the opportunity to basically want to fuck with the Bernie campaign. And if you're you running an insurgent political campaign, like this is part of it. You, there are going to be people who don't want you doing it, who are going to do everything they can to like rat fuck you. And that doesn't mean you should stop. It doesn't mean you should cry unfair, but it means you have to be aware of it. Mm. Which they were. You, ha you have to do the mm. thing that the Bernie campaign did of keeping independent totals uh, mm. and releasing those when it became clear that the, the rat mode had been activated. <laughs> what we have here is a black box that obfuscated a group of people with an agenda. And we're basically being asked to be rubes, believing all of these events, all of these mistakes and so on just simply occurred randomly. But again, Vincent, as you were saying earlier, um, you know, if you get, if you are in a like, again, in an election that's being monitored by the OAS, for example, and there is a private company that is not just running, not just running the infrastructure of transferring the vote totals, but actually has access to them on their back end, that would be caused to rerun the election just generally because oh, it yeah, would be not trustworthy. That's not far off what happened in Bolivia. I mean, one of the, one of the main reasons that the OAS, and I pulled up the report earlier, told Bolivia that their election was um, unverifiable was that there was a point at which, a short point at which, 
the elections were held in a server that was only accessed by a small group of parties, and then they claimed that the electoral authority um, was biased, which in the case of the Democratic Party, obviously cannot be, you know, it's, it is a political party. They don't want, they don't, you know, mm. you, they would not want Donald Trump, you know, there, you might not see it as biased if you agree with them, but obviously, you know, they wouldn't want a Nazi to run for uh, president in, in the Democratic Party. They wouldn't want a communist. Well, so they obviously have their own biases, although mm-hmm. they're, those biases are sit within the uh, band of mainstream acceptability. Of course, they are somehow a biased mm-hmm. organization. Yeah. And they had this access. Well, I think also what matters is that even if it's not a conspiracy. Like, here's the thing. Like, I would attribute a lot of this to incompetence, but also you realize when you start to peel back each layer how bad it looks because of that same incestuous, you know, uh, like donor Democratic Party culture that you were describing that led to these, you know, shadow and these organizations and parent organizations and profits and nonprofits and things like that that effectively are just reflections of the institutional culture of the Democratic Party. But when you see the proximity of the app that's causing the election to run haywire to the candidate who's using that chaos to basically steal the narrative or to, uh, to manipulate the reporting of the results, mm. Uh, mm. and you see the antipathy that all these organizations have towards the person who then winds up actually winning the caucus, when you look at the fact that Shadow follows like 78 accounts on Twitter and one of them like is one uh, is an organization that did a huge ad buy in Iowa to run ads against Bernie Sanders. It's it you could be forgiven for believing that it's a conspiracy and it's certainly a snapshot of how mm. uh how much antipathy there is towards Sanders in the institution that's running I this mean, you, you know what this is though. It, it's not Metal Gear after all. It's Arsenal Gear. It's sorry, I'm I'm just being too much of a gamer here, but like I can't help myself. It's not like it. It is a, sort of an institutional like gut reflex, and it's like yes, it involves malice. Obviously, you would have to be stupid to think that it didn't, but it's that's sort of incidental to its working. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a conspiracy of like the world's dumbest people, right? Like no one likes losing elections more than the Democrats. And if they (laughs) if they seriously wanted to rat fuck it so that Mayor fucking Pete got the nomination, like surely even they can't believe that Mayor Pete would win an election. (laughs) Surely they can't look at that man who stands for nothing, says nothing and is adored by like complete morons and be like, yeah, for all of them, it is another job. Like they can yes. just hop yeah. from one campaign to another campaign, they'll be fine. Uh, and so pa- that's what I mean. Part of the hostility to the Sanders campaign isn't just that they disagree with him politically, though that's part of it. And part of it isn't also that they literally have a framed picture of Mayor Pete with little hearts drawn around the picture in yeah. their promotional video. Not a joke. They have that. Yeah, we should part really take that down in the that, studio. Is that if is that the their hostility to the Sanders campaign is that he will end the magic money tree for these lunatics? And the good question to ask always about this when you're wondering. Uh, about a about a conspiracy or whatever is key bono who benefits what kind of access would these people have in a sanders administration and the answer <laughs> is precisely fucking none yeah, n- would have been- packing up a yeah. bindle and like wandering down to the fucking white house <laughs> <laughs> no. tara, tara mcgowan would have no place in a sanders controlled democratic party Vincent, you you were about to jump in when you said at the very minimum well, yeah at the very at the very i mean i don't know if it's a conspiracy i don't know if there's i mean i don't know how well um it looked like Pete was going to do beforehand. I think that was probably a surprise for everyone. But at the very least, this is a conflict of influence, in, uh, interest that wouldn't fly in like a small town, you know, 
water uh, sanitation plant yeah. or whatever. You know, like a bar and grill in like San Diego wouldn't allow be allowed to have this kind of conflict of interest because it allows people to get the bar and the grill must be kept separate no, by can't. Chinese walls to avoid insider trading. You cannot do this. But, you know, we're talking about the presidency of the United States mm. of America. It would be very easy to set it up in a way that it's just unquestionable. I mean, the fact that we have to sit around and come up with theories as to what, how much malice or how much incompetence. I mean, I don't, I refuse to do it. Like you, you fix it. Like I, it's not my job to find out why it's awful. Yeah. And mm. the fact that it might be a conspiracy and then I'm going to look stupid if I say that it is. Uh, no, just tell me all, just tell me what it is. It's not, you know, it's ridiculous that we have to sit around and ask why did American democracy break last week? And then mm -hmm. also looking at some of the things you think about, just basic crisis management. Why, when you have this massive, huge failure, would you turn around and be like, uh, we're going to mitigate this by releasing exactly 62% of the results? Yeah. And then like, uh, that uh, felt uh, like uh, it was torture. I felt like that mm. was, they were trying to make the United States left go in like completely insane. I think, mm. feel like it was like Chinese water torture for everyone in the world that thought that maybe Bernie, I mean, cause I, I mean, I mean, I'm, this is not exactly where I am, um, myself politically, but it was just like uh, watching everybody that was so excited about this and they, they believed in, you know, that they had had some, made some difference in like what, 62. And then it was like 71 yeah, and then it was 72 like, uh, and it was, it was it didn't, and we still don't know, right? Am I right? We still yeah. have no, no idea why. They, they mm. still haven't, as I understand, certified the results with regard to how they allocate the state delegate equivalents. And so we don't really know. They can't certify and say Bernie Sanders won until that's complete. And they're continuing to drag but it's on over. That. Like I said, the Iowa caucus doesn't matter anymore. It only mattered because it was going to be 48 hours of good coverage for whoever won. Yeah. Mm. It, which would have mattered a lot to and, someone like Sanders. Yeah. And, and yeah. all it took to do this was burning the entire legitimacy of possibly American <laughs> democracy, but certainly the Iowa Democratic Party maybe, to the ground. Maybe democracy. Quite yeah. literally. Nah. I'm not, I mean, I'm not really being hyperbolic. I mean, no, the last no, three years I was in a lot of the countries I was working in in Asia. A lot of them, a lot of, you know, there's, you don't have this official civic religion where you're supposed to say you believe in democracy. And across the range of countries that I covered out there, some of them are more on the side of the spectrum where they sort of believe in liberal institutions and others are more like, well, no, we've never believed in that at all. And in the last few years, at what happened in the West has caused every single one of those countries to take two or three steps away from believing in democracy. Country, you know, after Trump was elected, countries that were really kind of giving lip service to saying they believed in liberal institutions have kind of stopped countries that were kind of like but ready to get in bed with china that just jumped in i mean the as stupid as it sounds like the the crisis of legitimacy of u.s democracy ends up being a crisis of liberalism worldwide um and it's it, it seems like it's the kind of thing a lot of people have been saying on twitter within the united states kind of to be provocative or partisan but i think it's really Mm. really dangerous um, across the entire world. I, for one, am very excited for a Juche Pete Buttigieg regime where he's just, like, dripping in unearned combat medals for, like... But they're all just... Like, when you look close, they're all just, like, scout badges for, like, best knots tied or whatever. Well, no, they're, they're for when he was a troop. It was uh, for doing good tech support. Exactly. Um, and he's making speeches about how he's the mo most woke person who's ever lived and yes. everyone... And, like, he, he spoke yes, to the you are. Man yeah. doing some Phoenix program shit and making a necklace out of yeah. support tickets. Yeah, and he spoke to the ghost of MLK in a dream and MLK kissed his ring and said that he was the true, like, fucking <laughs> successor. Uh, so I, I want to move on also to, like, how we're being... Because one of the things that a lot of... And, like, the Pod Save America realm is doing i actually listened to the pod save america episode about the iowa caucus after this happened because i like to torture myself for you people mm. um is you're essentially asked to believe 
you're asked not just to believe, you are asked to act as though doing anything but buying into the official narrative that this was a mistake on the part of the Democratic Party and of the Iowa Democratic Party specifically, not the DNC, not the DNC at all. Tom Perez, totally above it. And furthermore, that by continuing to challenge this result from the left and by continuing to campaign against this broken money go round of consultants, you're essentially helping like hand the election to Donald Trump. And what I think is like, you know, you, you don't owe them an explanation for your suspicion. They owe you an explanation right. for why this happened. Exactly. And so the, I have some quotes from the John. Well, it was just an oopsie. Yeah. I have some you know, quotes from the, from the Johns. Live from the back page of backpage.com. One of the Johns, uh, No H, said, The idea that someone would develop an app that swings the caucus one way or the other is absurd. No, it isn't. But it did happen. Okay. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it was an intentional uh, swing or not. It ended up swinging the momentum of the real concrete Iowa con yeah. con caucus as it exists in our political reality. It happened. And equally, mm -hmm. I think what we've spent, what, the last hour pointing out that no, there are some very concrete financial interests involved in creating an app that may or may not swing the Democratic caucus. Also, people knew in advance that they were having problems with it because I, mean, I remember seeing stories reporting on this from the week prior saying people on the ground are saying this app is a piece of shit. It doesn't work. It's going to cause problems. And sure enough, that's well, what happened. Actually, that's kind of mm. where I'm going to go into a Riley Explains corner for a moment. Uh, this is Riley Explains the venture capital model. Uh, and this is venture donation. It's not venture capital, but it's the same business model. Or what you get is you have an incubator like Higher Ground. You know, incubator is also a Y Combinator in the private sector. Uh, Higher Ground has a pot of money that it's going to invest. And then what you do is you do sometimes a hackathon, sometimes a code day, you make a pitch or whatever, and you get accepted and they give you a certain amount of seed money. In this case, it was $100,000 for ground base. And then what you do is you try to create, based on your plan, you try to create an MVP or minimum viable product. The mm. minimum viable product is. I basically think of as the code and for the collection of features that will be something you can sell in the market. And the idea is in sprints of about two weeks, you try to build to a minimum viable product as fast as you can and then get it out and fail in the market. And this is the basic way that venture capital funded industries work, right? But this is completely ludicrous for something like venture donation because you can't go and road test this thing in a couple of small elections then see how it works. It either works or it doesn't work. And when something is not... Because this is where you get the move fast and break things. It's because of the way that venture capital expects returns on its investments. It's just venture donation expects returns in terms of, say, voter excitement or whatever. We've been road testing the app on the election of the local women's institute. <laughs> People right. are very upset about Barbara's victory. So because it has no customer base to sell to, it can't fail fast and pivot in the market. So even you would see this happening a lot of times with Shadow before it actually had to do anything. It started as a texting platform, and then they pivoted to a bunch of other stuff. Then they tried to build the Iowa Caucus app as a minimum viable product. That's why it had so few features. That's why it was so buggy. That's why it couldn't release in the Apple Store. It's also why they did it so much on the cheap. I mean, they, they spent $70,000 on an app. They hired people that were boot camp coding grads uh, and somebody with very little experience in app development. And they wound up using a very shoddily put together, very unstable mm. thing. Um, for something that was so incredibly high stakes and couldn't be rerun. I mean, mm. uh, don't get me wrong. I mentioned earlier in the episode, the thing about the EU settlement thing was insane. They did that on an app that only worked on, a, on certain Android devices and was really buggy. 
but that at least if it didn't work you could do it again you can't rerun the fucking mm. election well, because the three mm. when this is all I'll, I'll end the riley explains corner here minimum viable products aren't really designed to work they're designed to be a pr- proof of concept to sell to a larger company that then invests in it to build it to work so because this new turn of democratic party consultant grifting which is based on the startup model because they all love Silicon Valley. I will always remember until my dying day that on a list of the most trusted institutions by American Democrats, Amazon was number one. You know, Amazon mm-hmm. is the number one most trusted institution by registered Democrats in America. They deliver, baby. They love it uh, because it gets them all their toys and it's very fancy and very smart. And so this turn is going to, as basically... The consultants, like, at least they gave advice. The advice was bad, but at least they gave it. In this case, the products don't even work because they're not, because the startup model isn't designed to produce functional products. It's designed to produce saleable companies. It it doesn't work, but it doesn't work in a more irritating and dramatic fashion. (laughs) So I'm going to do another um, pod save doofus. Uh, this is Tommy Vitor, uh, and I've transcribed this precisely. Is this big time Tommy? Uh, different Tommy. Oh, damn. Where this gets ridiculous is you have all these online inspector gadgets what? who are using FEC He's filings. found my old, I'm sorry. <laughs> who are using FEC filings to see that Pete has paid shadow or this or that, which is completely ridiculous. But, but why is that ridiculous? It's not ridiculous. It's, it's, it's ridiculous to care about things or to like investigate them. Mm. You can only investigate things if you're the Washington Post and you do like investigations about whether Nancy Pelosi was really doing an epic clapback or whatever. Mm. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, my son did not watch Little Women. Please clap back at him. <laughs> <laughs> Please tear up his speech. I'm going to make him write a speech so that you can tear it up. Um, also, like Tommy Vitor specifically started this episode pretending not to know the name of the company Shadow when he was at Tara McGowan's fucking birthday. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys, you guys didn't get in invited? Or- <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's just, the hot party. The only- just hanging it's the out hot in the party kitchen. of the year. Yeah. 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 No, no, I, I was invited. I was just doing a thing with my girlfriend. She goes to a different school. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, so I, she's from Canada. Which was the relationship that Tommy Vitor was calling? So was it that Buttigieg had given money, his campaign had given money to or the other way around? Buttigieg's campaign bought um, bought software consulting services from Shadow. But the other thing is, all of these consulting services, right. the, it's just you're buying someone's opinion and they can just right, say right, how right. much it's worth. Again, there is no... Just because this might not be crooked doesn't fucking mean it isn't. Yeah, I think that... I mean, mm. I, I do not doubt that the this these other podcasters have found people on the internet that came up with stupid theories based on insufficient evidence. But that's why you don't have a system which is obviously flawed and then give the public tiny scraps of information because you're, the entire country is going to go insane. Right? Well, that, I mean, that's where QAnon comes from, right? Like, they're, they're crazy, but they're not... Like, when they imagine the sort of malign establishment working against them, it's not for nothing, right? I mean, they were right about the billionaire pedophiles, and they will always yes, have that. Yeah, they were. They, like you know, yeah. one one nil to the QAnon guys on that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so when there are when there is an explosion of conspiracy theories, some of which are stupid, the, I don't. I think that it's irresponsible and condescending to blame the guy on the internet that's just trying to p- p- patch it together. You should blame the people that are in charge of putting on elections in the most powerful country mm. in history, and don't do it in such a way that everybody thinks, well, "Is this is everything against me? What's going on?" Well, but that's that's the thing, right? And I think that you've sort of 
you you've you've brought the nail to be hit on the head, which is that like if you think back to higher grounds mission the the missions of the all of the, the in twenty seventeen the like acronyms and higher grounds and the companies that were going to try to bring tech to the Democrats it was to save democracy and beat trump but what they have actually done, the fact that they've done quite the opposite, but lined their own pockets. I mean, again, I know it's hack to say projection much, but projection, you know, they've just, they have become that which they hate. Um, but that they, they have essentially, again, combined a perfect storm of incompetence and malice to then basically make it so that we will never know what the real like results of the Iowa primary it's, was, uh, yeah. other than that Sanders won. For a friend of mm. the show, Matt Lubchansky, uh, had, I think, the definitive take on this, which was to attribute it not to malice, but to a new concept, which they had invented called Malice 2. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and if you think about this, the, it's obvious Sanders won the Iowa caucus, but we will never know by how much specifically because of a combination of the political economy of the Democratic Party, which places wreckers in positions of uncountable mm. authority via private companies and keeps on rewarding them endlessly with million-dollar consulting fees. And the people who are even supposed to be, like, vaguely commenting on them in the media, these people are all friends. And the only way, the only way that the American left is going to be able to get rid of these people is to make sure that Bernie Sanders is the nominee, which fortunately, that seems pretty likely at this point. I was just laughing at the idea of the, this being a proof of concept for them to sell the app. So by the time that the UK has its next general election, everyone has to install the No Labor Allowed app. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fine. They've got forty nine other primaries and caucuses to work out the kinks through. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, how is the, the voting is on uh, in New Hampshire is just normal, right? It's a secret it's, ballot. I think it's a secret ballot. Just a primary, secret ballot. Yeah. Oh, they'll they'll fuck mean, it up no, nothing in New Pete, Hampshire is normal, Pete. but yes. <laughs> well, Pete, Pete did jump in the polls. He so did, he yeah, did, right. Yeah. He's he's now a close second, right? Yeah, I mean, when one in one count, Emerson, I think, kind of overstated Bernie Sanders' lead in the previous polling in Iowa, but Emerson had Sanders up by eleven. But there was, I think, a Boston Globe poll that just came out that had Sanders at I think twenty four and Buttigieg at like twenty three. So, and he, Buttigieg had jumped, I want to say seven or eight points. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing yeah. about we, I mean, mm -hmm. people like us watch politics very closely, but the average American kind of doesn't really pay attention to the primary yeah. until the, the caucuses start, which is why Iowa kind of matters, right? If you, yeah. if you would have had theoretically either Pete or Sanders or Biden or whatever on TV the night of the Iowa caucus being like, I won, that does matter. That's why everybody goes out to Iowa and cares so much about yeah. it. And that's mm -hmm. why. Even if in three months we get the definitive, you know, you know, there's like a super long read in the New York Times or they, there's a, a TikTok explaining what happens. It doesn't matter. It's over. They are. It's they, it's over. They fucked it up. It didn't happen. At, yeah, at least there is one silver lining, which is Joe Biden coming. What a distant fourth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's. Yeah. That's. He got distracted by a shapely piece of driftwood. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, I, I was interested in your perspective on this because I feel like that's the a, a weird byproduct of this whole debacle is that. Biden's implosion hasn't really gotten reported. No, no, that's I mean, that's when I mean, I don't cover U.S. elections closely, but I've heard that credibly as a theory that his implosion sort of went under the radar because everybody was concentrating on this this thing at the very top of the polls. Whereas if if it was just Bernie and then Biden was gone, it might have been like his donors would have been out right away because a lot of his campaign at this point depends on who's paying for it, right? 
Yeah. I think um, a lot of his donors don't really leave the house though. I think they're kind of more they're more like kind of TV reruns guys. I think like, he gets big money though, right? He has, yeah. his his donors are big, you know, that right? He has a yeah. he has big From a lot of people who are like in oxygen masks and spend most of the day in coffins. <laughs> I do th- no, but I do think that there are a lot of people who thought that th- uh, there's a sort of reflex continuity Obama sort mm. of notion with him. Yeah, well, I mean, well, I mean, this <laughs> also is something- the real Obama and the provisional Obama. <laughs> well, this is something I wanted to ask, right? Cuz in 2008 wasn't the Obama campaign very famously and very proudly sort of a data-driven campaign. Wasn't that something that, I don't know how much true it was, but it was hyped up as, you know, we're using the internet, we've got this coalition together, so I could see how it could make sense. Have you heard of the internet? Yeah, well, yeah, but, yeah. That's, but that's just that's just the thing. I mean, first of all, like the Obama, the Obama campaign didn't, as far as I'm aware, didn't, the, oh, and at least the 08 and 12 campaigns didn't use these third-party services no, it, no, was, right. it was all sort of built natively yeah they had yeah. their like onboard data and, team and stuff and, you know, mm-hmm. and none of, these... of which they gave to the dnc which is hilarious no, of course not <laughs> no but so and so this and so the difference isn't that companies are using technology campaigns are using technology they've been using it for a while now like we said earlier robbie mook was a data guy his data was bad but he tried to use it anyway i just can't it's get that, over robbie mook it's it's more that the, the there is now a specific model of a, a specific extractive model that's basically based on the startup economy. Yes, that Wonk now is the mage. new Wonk yeah. battle, <laughs> mage. Wonk battle mages. Yeah. So, but the point, and also as I've said before, and as has been said before, isn't to say that this isn't fair or that they cheated, or to say, oh well, you know, we don't, we don't care, we can't win, whatever. No, it's, fuck it. No, it's to understand that, like, maybe the that the the part of the left's job is to end this expensive incompetence that constitutes the entirety of the Democratic Party. Ma- ma- making a, a bold break there with Matt Brunig's, uh, what if we had a left think tank? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and like, d- of this sort of research I, I've, I've, I've done through like a lot of the articles that have been written now and a lot of the articles that have been written and filings that have happened years ago, so that's what this episode has been, it's been a balance of those two things. Democratic insiders are very rarely named when they're quoted because they speak and they speak under conditions of anonymity because they're afraid of retribution from other democratic insiders. There's like an omerta against actually trying to break this thing open into shedding any transparency. So on Robbie it. Mook actually is a low-level enforcer <laughs> in Ralph Cifaretto's crew. And, and, That's what we're saying. And, and this gets us to an obvious stitch up against the left of the party that the party's not going to fix because it has no political or financial incentive to do so. You're never going to win by quoting the rules at them. And the point of this, right? The point of this is that I believe, and I know this is not an opinion shared by everyone around this table, that, the le- that at this point, the left of the party has to understand that it has leverage, but that leverage isn't the rules. The leverage is to say that if the DNC puts an illegitimate candidate on the ballot in the form of, you know, in the form of someone who is taking compromise, at least one compromised caucus to vote Democrat down the ticket, but to leave the top spot fucking blank. Bernie or bust? I mean, I I have a different take, and I, I actually, Vincent, I you heard my take before we started recording. I don't know if I could put you on the spot, or I'll give my take well, on record. I should say that I have no opinions on U.S. I, I only agree with the things that I say myself on this on my show uh, on this show. But um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, the argument that's a tactical question, right? I mean, your 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 take before was you tell me what you're basically what I said was that I think that. It really is. I, 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 I'm loath to say do not vote for the president because I think that the, the amount of damage that the president can do uh, is so great and that the, the biggest repercussion, in my opinion, of Donald Trump's presidency is going to be the institutionalization of basically just right wing grift, not, like 
almost external to the political process in the sense that you have all of these federal judges and two Supreme Court justices who are basically just there so that change can be illegal and progress can be illegal and, the, and that unions are illegal and the left is illegal. Like The whole point here is they're able to... It doesn't really matter if they're corrupt, if they can change the law so corruption is real. And I think that's going to be the lasting legacy. And so to me, my thought is, that's a question you have to ask yourself. Do For one, I mean, does it does your vote matter? Obviously, your vote matters a lot more if you live in a battleground state versus if like I'm registered to vote in fucking New York State, where I mean, I don't believe New York State has gone Republican in a very, very long time, perhaps not since but not since the parties were the not other since party. the parties were the opposite. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Maybe uh, like Rockefeller or something. Whereas California has actually before, but 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 New York hasn't. But also, uh, my my take is, I think you got to consider that. That's your right. They have to earn your vote. But I I I'm loath to say boycott because for the big reason being, watching what's going on with the labor leadership candidate uh, campaign here in the United Kingdom. And seeing how so many absolute fucking idiot ghouls are thirsting for the opportunity to purge the left from everything and say, the left doesn't have legitimacy. They never had any legitimacy to begin with. They're not actually members of the party. Uh, we should purge them all. And knowing how much more venal it can be in the United States, I just have this feeling that if, if, you, if, if people on the left go down the route of saying, I abstain... Uh, the problem is, is that you're never going to get any better. They will find a way, and you, you can watch MSNBC doing it in advance, to blame it all on Bernie, even if it's literally the DNC. And all that mm-hmm. does is foreclose an opportunity for... My, my, my feeling is that that's not an opportunity worth having. I think if you... like Whether that's the Labour Party or the Democratic Party, I think if the left does have to make good on a threat like that, uh, and you're just left with fucking you know... 70 Owen Smiths all jerking each other off. That That's a dead party, you know, and they can do whatever they want without us. But to be fair, in the United States, it's a lot less likely for a new party to spring up than it is here. But also, Vincent, I, I don't know what your take is, just as an American, too, on this. Cause... Yeah, I'm American. I'm registered to vote in California. And I mean, I work for mainstream media in the US. I mean, officially, I have no political. I'm not going to ever talk about what I vote or whatever. But I to try to analyze this tactically. I think what it sounds like you're saying, Riley, is that. At this point, if the U.S. left or the you know English-speaking left makes a credible threat to say, "Look, if you screw us over, you're going to lose us," you have to evaluate the effectiveness of that threat based on how credible the center of the party will take it and how much they care, right? So all of that, you all have to you have to go to sort of think several steps down the road and think, well, if we say that, do we mean it? Or do they think we mean it? Um, does the you know does the center think that the left means that? And then when it comes down to it. Is that at that point something that the U.S. left sort of abandons based on who? I mean, because I imagine that if the U.S. left were forced to choose between Elizabeth Warren and Donald Trump, a, a lot of people would choose Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Even if there had been some sort of fuck ups along the way, mm. uh, I think that people are really. I mean, there's been one caucus. Uh, people are really mad at Buttigieg because he declared um, victory before there with zero percent of the results in. So I don't think you know. Again, speaking analytically, not as sort of a but I'm not going to, I don't know how I'm going to, what I'm going to do. Um, I think that the U.S. left is not going to forgive him for a very long time. I think that, and also I'm being, I mean, uh, the millennial left hates him anyways, just for a lot of, a lot of reasons that are sort of, a lot of people have a hard time putting into words in the first place. But I think if it were Warren, I think, would, would you, do you, do you think that well, you would? My, my thinking specifically is that, look, I, I'm, my again, my take is as purely an opinion, of course, uh, my opinion doesn't matter in as much as I don't vote in these elections. 
um, purely <laughs> as a, purely anyway. as an opinion. <laughs> if uh, my my thinking is, I I would be loath to reward obvious malfeasance on the part of an institution that was obviously crooked. Mm-hmm. In but, effect, but, but the plus, one thing that like I say it, though is that. But what if there was a massive fuck up? Seven seven like on Super Tuesday, there's a massive fuck up, and it helps Bernie Sanders. Well, also that's the other thing. As I'm, I, I, I personally have, I personally have politics, not processual preferences. Or, and or, also I, to understand that the DNC, the DNC is not if there, the DNC is if it's engineering fuck ups, it's engineering fuck ups to hinder Bernie Sanders. But also, I mean, look at look at the the uh, Virginia State Assembly elections in 2017. There were literally a race that came down that was tied, and it wound up having to be fucking determined by like drawing straws and it determined the control of the legislature which determined whether or not they would adopt the ACA mm-hmm. like or they would continue funding for the ACA like it those kinds of things do happen and it's, it's absurd but I mean like it legitimately will happen at times so I mean that that winds up sounding like this huge defensive electoralism I just feel like it's, it's a question more of picking your battles I, I don't like to look at it wholesale also I think a big point that I would just point out that you've proven through this whole episode is that whether the Democrats win or lose, these grifters are fine. They are an institutional problem in the party. Mm-hmm. If you cede mm-hmm. control of the entirety of the party to them in protest, then all that does is just increase their opportunities for grift. But that and- my my question then is, if you keep this, if you keep the wheel turning, if you don't somehow stop this wheel by like fucking up its operations by making it unturnable, then don't you just allow? So the slow rotting out of society from the inside out through like yeah, and, and not, not, not to like occur. not to not to bring everyone down, but we do still have what like ten to fifteen years to lock in climate change. Yeah. drastic action from mm. from a climate change perspective. I do not personally see that much of a difference between Donald Trump and Pete Buttigieg because neither of them will do it. Donald oh, Trump will actually war. make it worse. Yeah, but the fact is, none of them will do enough to stop the catastrophic destruction of human society, or at least the massive transformation of it for the considerably, unrecognizably worse, in the next 15 years. So, wh- at this point, why not make good on the Matt Brunig troll? Yeah, f- fucking ghost the mattresses, you know? Uh, I, I mean, the fact is, that, to me, there's no, there's not really a good answer because well, that's the thing. That's the reason that this is the, this is the, this is the question the U.S. left has gone back and forth on for forty years. It's always never work, right? You know, I remember in the Nader, you know, Nader election, which led everyone to blame the left for everything for eight years, and everybody just gave up on having a left in the U.S. for a long time, and yeah. they built it again. And I think a really big open question, and I'm very eager to see how this plays out. And I don't think it's really clear is how much the sort of right wing of the Democratic Party or the mainstream um, political center in the United States, how much they really are willing to do to stop somebody on the outside, and I, I think it's probably a lot. Mm-hmm. My it's gonna be my, some parallax view shit. I, I, I worry mean, I think about, about I mean, what happened here? I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I'm not coming at this cold because I spent the last two and a half years running around the world and meeting people who whose friends and families were all killed because they believed too deeply in um and naively in uh the the democratic possibilities of political transformation i just wrote this book about mass murder carried out against unarmed um leftist movements around the world and and so i i come i have sort of a i that left me quite pessimistic but my suspicion is that bernie might be outside of what is allowed to be to succeed in the democratic party um but it, it then but then what happens as you get closer and closer and closer what would they really do and what is the interplay 
between a left that doesn't want to accept that pushback. I think that's really an open question. I think, I mean, if I were outspoken and um, open member of the U.S. left, I would probably wait to see how that thing goes out and sort of uh, respond step by step to that sort of unfolding of that process. Well, if, if nothing else, we can say that uh, things will become very strange and weird. We, mm. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Yeah. I think this is one of the, you know, yeah. this is the first yeah. of 50 votes yeah. and it's already in, made me lose my mind mm -hmm. quite I just think, literally. I just think about watching the BBC and the way that it covered the, the general election here in December and seeing the how victory Boris Johnson so richly deserves. How often you ha mm. you're just suspending disbelief and like, am I fucking watching like Juche TV right now? Yeah. Like the it, way it, in which it just in you, six you, months you, you, time whatever happens if you listen to this episode again you will disassociate uh it, yeah, it will yeah, not yeah. feel real. i'm just telling cuz cuz we our, our our listenership has grown significantly in the US and it's just i'm just telling you having watched this coming from an outsider perspective cuz i wasn't born here uh i didn't grow up here what, watching this happen you're like how how is this this is supposed to be a really stable country where everyone's like oh look at this great model of their democracy and you're watching the state broadcaster just come out completely just batshit leftist right up is down mm. in with thumbing the scale mm. for one political party and I don't remember Boris Johnson getting 18 holes in one the first time he played <laughs> and, and so and seeing <laughs> that happen Boris you're like, Johnson you're like, rides the white horse atop Mount Beck well, do. Yeah. And, being told, yeah. and being told over and over again no this isn't actually happening you're just imagining it why are you lefties so crazy that will happen no but yeah this is this is what I told somebody and they, they go oh my god I think it's true it feels like they're doing it just to prove they can, right? Like, what, sure. what are you going to fucking do about it? You know, mm. we're just going to drop it right in front of your face. That's... And you have to tell me that you don't see it. Yeah. And, and, and that's where I think a lot of the and a lot of the feeling of Bernie or bust comes from, because what else do they have other than making this uh, making the Maddie Matt Brunig troll credible? Yeah. Well, yeah why be a captive audience? Yeah. Yeah. Right, 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 right. No, I think. No, like I said earlier, like if. You know, you have to evaluate the, the question tactically. It's not really a moral one. It's like, will they take it seriously? Will they work? Mm -hmm. How hard will they push back? Um, mm -hmm. And then are, are you allowed to pivot in six? Because, you know, again, I think there will be so many pivots on all sides throughout the, the course of this election. Mm -hmm. Twirling, you know, twirling, twirling, twirling towards twirling, freedom. freedom. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. my. Falling down Damn. the stairs as fast as possible. Finally, to some real seventh dimensional chess yeah. for us to play. Well, so, at, at least Corbin wasn't successful enough for them to have to kill him, is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I, I think that uh, that's been going on for quite some time now. So I'm uh, I'm going to wrap it up here. Uh, well, I have a couple a couple of things to announce uh, towards the end. First of all, uh, you've heard Vincent mention his book. You should buy that book. Uh, what's we'll the link title to again? It in the description. Oh, it's called the Jakarta Method. Um, it's I just posted recently on my Twitter like the pre-sale links. Um, yeah, so it's not out for a couple of months, but pre-sales do actually yes. help if you want to sort of give a vote of confidence to. For the publisher to actually push this book, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's kind of, it was kind of hard to convince them that sort of anti-imperialism was a was a topic that uh, a major publisher should put any resources towards. So yeah, so it's on my Twitter and it's called the Jakarta Method. It's on, yep. it's on presale. We'll link it in the description as well. Uh, also, I'm uh, going to plug a GoFundMe. Uh, a friend of mine from Toronto uh, is uh, working in in law and uh, was working with this asylum clinic on the border in, 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 in the U.S., in the border of Mexico in the summer that worked with unaccompanied minors. And one of the kids who escaped slavery has just been put in jail, and the judge has spent his bail enormously high because, I don't know, he's a fascist or something. So we're going to link that GoFundMe in the description as well. And the center is called Al Otro Lado. So do donate to that as well if you have the time and, um, and, and, and capacity to do so, because uh, they're doing a lot of work. 
keeping children who have been enslaved out of jail for the crime of having been enslaved. Um, well, if I were a child, I would simply not be enslaved. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> mate libs. Uh, and in, in, in lighter news also, uh, we're going to be at Bristol Transformed uh, on the... 6th of March. March. Yeah. On the 6th and 11th of March. of March, we have our live show in London. Uh, there'll be a ticket link for that in the description. Yeah. Also, I'm doing Leicester Comedy Festival on the 21st, 22nd of February, and the Vault Festival in London on the 25th of February and the 3rd of March. So if you want to see me, your boy, and buy some tickets to that, that would be cool. There's a, like, a link that goes to all the dates in the description also. Um, yes, and I, I lastly, about the TF stream, uh, the dates and times for streaming are going to be Wednesdays, at around six and Saturdays at around five. So if you're, but if you're listening to this on on Tuesday, then come see us tomorrow on Twitch. And all times mm. are on GMT in case you uh, were yeah, wondering. Course, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So oh, no, all times are Japanese time. They're actually North Korea time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's where we or live is now. It, or baby. is it Myanmar where they do a half hour gradient? Yes. They do it in Afghanistan too. Yeah. yeah. So Venezuela. Yeah, Hugo Chavez pulled that when I was living there as well. <laughs> oh, so yeah. all the good, all the good countries. Regardless, <laughs> I got king shit. Regardless, uh, so do do check that out um, and do hang out with us there. And finally, comic book clubs. Don't forget, they're still coming out. They're just on the Patreon feed, not paywalled. Mm. So check out the um, most recent comic book club. I spoke with Callum Kant, the author of a book called Riding for Deliveroo, Resistance to the New Economy. So it was a really fun conversation about rebuilding the labor movement. Mm. Uh, so do check that out. New ones will be coming and they will be dealing with a more eclectic range of topics than just books and also are there, the theme song yes and the theme song oh sorry vincent are there have- any other songs by the united states of the presidents of the united states of america that we can i've been thinking about it for an hour mm-hmm. and Mach five from their second album was a great song Mach it did not get anywhere near as much coverage well, as their initial all I can album think about. Then, uh, thank mm. you to the presidents of the united states of america for our theme song and it's called Mach five <laughs> 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 please please, please come on the show <laughs> Yeah. I mean, what do, what do you got? What do they yeah, do? What do you think? It, what do, do you think they're doing right now? Yeah. Fuck it, let's do it. Um. Okay. All right. So it falls to me only to say thank you, Vincent, for coming out. Today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening. And thank you for sitting through our very long plug section. <laughs> and uh, we will catch you on the Patreon on Thursday. Later. Bye. 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 Bye.